Hey DCL fans, it's Wes. If you're thinking about taking a Disney cruise vacation, consider booking your trip with us. We are independent travel agents affiliated with Mickey World Travel, a platinum Disney earmarked agency. Not only can we answer all your questions and help you with all the planning details, but we'll give you some onboard credit up to $1,000 to spend on your trip. That's free money to spend on whatever you want just for booking with us. Spa treatments, port adventures, merchandise, adult dining experiences. You're going to pay the same whether you book directly with Disney or with a travel agent, so you might as well get some extra spending money to take with you. If you're interested, send us an email at wes at mickeyworldtravel.com. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 99 of the DCL Dude Podcast. My name is Wes and I have a great show planned for you today. It's been so fun talking with people who have been on these Disney cruises and it's really taking my excitement level way, way up. Um, we're scrambling a little bit trying to find a find a date we can squeeze one of these cruises in, but it's just so challenging with my wife's teacher schedule. Um but uh, we're we're hoping to get on one of these uh, one of these early cruises. But before we get into it, there are two quick things that I want to update you on as it relates to Disney Cruise Line. First, you may have seen it across my social media pages, but Disney Cruise Line announced its plans for the Disney Fantasies return to service. Very exciting. Uh, the September fourth sailing was canceled, so if you're on that cruise. The uh, the the cancellation policies and the the hundred twenty five percent future cruise credit apply to that one, um, but the four subsequent seven night Caribbean uh, sailings were modified to four night Bahamian cruises with two stops at Castaway Key, um, with the first cruise sailing on September eleventh. So they didn't modify the sail dates; they just changed the itineraries. Uh, Disney Cruise Line will also begin selling these modified itineraries on August 25th. So if you're interested in a four-night double dip on the Fantasy, uh, there's a couple opportunities for you there. Uh, this is this also leaves three-night gaps after each of those sailings, but Disney Cruise Line hasn't announced any plans to fill those yet. So we'll just have to wait and see there. The other thing I wanted to mention was an update on the health and safety protocols for sailings five nights and longer. Uh, on these cruises, passengers who do not wish to provide proof of vaccination will be required to undergo a rapid PCR test prior to debarking the ship at the end of your cruise. Uh, the cost of those tests will be $65 and will be billed to your stateroom account. More details about uh, debarkation day procedures on these longer cruises is is, uh, is expected to be announced shortly. So uh, we'll stay tuned for that. All right, let's get into today's episode. The Disney Dream is now well underway and is cranking through three and four night Bahamian cruises with two stops at Castaway Key. Currently, the final modified cruise with the Castaway Key double dips is scheduled for September 6th. There's been no word from Disney Cruise Line about whether they'll modify additional itineraries beyond that day, but I'm sort of feeling that if they were going to, they would have announced it already. So my guess is that the Dream will return to her normal schedule after that cruise, but um, you know we'll see. Last week, we talked with Megan about the test cruise that she sailed on, which was really the, the final piece of the puzzle leading up to the August 9th 
four-night Bahamian cruise from Port Canaveral with two stops to Castaway Key. It's the moment I and so many of you have been waiting for over uh, for over a year and a half, and I'm really excited to be able to talk to someone who got to experience the first cruise of the U.S. restart. Jessica is a fellow travel planner at Mickey World Travel and was kind enough to agree to join me on this week's episode to talk about her cruise. So I want to welcome Jessica to the show. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. I'm always happy to talk about Disney Cruise Line and specifically this cruise. I'm super excited to talk about that. Awesome. Well, I am also super excited to talk to you about it. I just I've been dying to, you know, to talk to someone who has been on one of these official cruises and I was so happy that uh, you know, that it was you and that I could that I could chat with you about it. So, um, I guess just to start, why don't you tell tell us a little bit about your cruise experience with Disney Cruise Line? You know, how many cruises have you been on? What's what's your favorite cruise that you've ever done? Just, you know, things yeah. like that. Okay, so this is my this was my tenth cruise. So I officially made platinum. All right, congratulations. Um, We had four scheduled last year that were canceled, so I'm a little behind. I was really wanting to be platinum for the wish, but it's okay. I said all along, if you paid for those cruises, you should have gotten uh, Castaway Club credit for. I completely agree. Some (laughs) other cruise lines did that. I wish Disney had followed suit. Yeah. So yeah, we've been cruising for about five years. So we did all those in in five years, roughly. Um, with last year being a lost year, I say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. and, um, our favorite cruise, mine and my husband's mine's different than his. His is the Alaska itinerary. We love, love, love Alaska. He's a big nature guy. He used to work for the national park service. So oh, cool. that fit in perfectly with his, um, you know, his personality and everything. And I loved it too. It's great for nature watchers. Um, it's just a great cruise in general, even if you just want some beautiful scenery and a very chill laid back, just fantastic cruise. Um, my personal favorite was the star Wars cruise. We did the star Wars day at sea cruise, um, a couple years ago. And that's been my favorite because I'm a huge, my daughter and I both are huge star Wars fans. So, um, she dressed up and she was Leia and I was Padme and we, we did on the day at sea. So we really loved the star Wars day at sea, but, um, we've still almost all of the itineraries inside the U.S. Um, and we've done the fantasy ones and everything. We haven't done any of the European stuff okay. just yet. So yeah. that's, that's on the list. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like us, too. I mean, we've done the Alaska. We've done the Southern Caribbean, the Eastern Caribbean. Actually, we haven't done a Western Caribbean. Um, so that's kind of on our list. I think we'll mm-hmm. try to do Europe before that. But um, uh, yeah. but anyway, what was the uh, what was the last cruise that you did prior to the shutdown? Western Caribbean on the fantasy. (laughs) We did that in September of 19 before everything shut down in 2020. So, um, that was actually our last one we did. We actually really enjoyed it. Um, we'd been to all those places independently outside of the cruise, except for, uh, Grand Cayman. And we loved Grand Cayman. It was Mm. nothing like the other islands, nothing at all. It was not your typical, uh, port that you stop at um it was fantastic we would do that again actually we would love to go to grand cayman just in its in and of itself but we really 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 enjoyed grand cayman so that's the last one we did i wish it would have been uh and knowing what we know now i would have done another right, <laughs> right yeah i'm sure lots of people would but that was yeah. my last one awesome well i i mean you've sold me on it now so now i want to do a western so i can go to grand yeah. cayman okay, you gotta do it, you gotta <laughs> yes. do it. just to say you've done it if nothing else um so you had the the privilege of sailing on the the first u.s cruise back um did you have this cruise planned all along or was this something that you did kind of last minute once it was announced that the restart was going to happen 
I did not have this cruise planned. It was nowhere in my picture, but I, my husband and I decided um, the first one they start back on, we're going. Whether No matter what's going on, oh, we're going. Yeah. And so uh, the day they announced return to sailing, we booked it, and there we go. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, I felt like for me, and, and I'm sure you know, like as a travel agent, I want to know what I'm selling. You know, if I'm, I'm telling my clients, I want to give them the best information possible. So I felt like I have so many people cr- cruising this fall and this winter that I really need to be able to provide that firsthand experience because that's something that's invaluable to me is just being able to tell firsthand, like, what was your experience? Sort of like what we're doing now. Absolutely, yeah. And honestly, that has been one of the reasons I, well, one of the reasons I've been dying to get on one of these early cruises myself um, mm-hmm. the timing just hasn't worked out for us with, you know, my wife's a teacher, my kids are going back to school. Um, you know, the timing for everything just seems to kind of be going, going against us, but it's nice to be able to talk to, you know, people who have done these cruises. That's one of the reasons I like doing this so I can get that, you know, have that kind of secondhand experience absolutely, uh, to absolutely. be able to communicate it to people. So, yeah. um, you mentioned you have a daughter earlier. Was this just your, you and your husband or did the, the whole family go with you? Just my husband and I, because my daughter, she's nine and she just started back to school. It's her first full week of school. And I just couldn't pull her out the yeah. very first. So, sure. and just again, wanting to make sure of what all the protocols were and the testing requirements and all of those things. So, uh, she did not go with it. It was just my husband and I. So we did, it was our first adult only, believe it or not. Disney oh, wow, Cruise. Nice. Awesome. It's just as much as we do with kids. So for all those people out there that say Disney Cruise Line is not <laughs> for adults, it really is. I mean, it really, really is for adults only. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Um, <laughs> I, I would do an adult only cruise with my wife anytime. I was glad we got to do one for just the two of us. We'll definitely be back just the two of us for sure. Um, just thinking about, you know, leading up to the cruise, what's, what would you say you were most excited about? What's, you know, what's the one thing that you missed most about Disney cruising that you couldn't wait to get back to? Hands down the shows and the entertainment hands down. I have not been able to see live productions in obviously like everyone else for eight months. And so I miss that so much. We love musicals. We love plays. We love just in general, live entertainment. So to be able to see that again, and Disney's is, it's such a high level, um, I've heard it argued that, you know, like Beauty and the Beast on the Dream is better than Broadway. I would absolutely agree with that. <laughs> I do too. I, when I've, I saw it once and it was relatively recent. Um, I think it was in 2009, in November, 2019. And mm-hmm. I remember leaving the theater just thinking, wow, I can't believe they were able to put that quality of a show on a cruise ship, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. with the costumes and the sets and, and it was, it was unbelievable. It's, I, I think it's the best show that Disney Cruise Line has to offer. Oh, um, yes. and I, I, and I would agree with you that it's, it's at least on par with Broadway, if not better. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I would actually say that Broadway could take uh, some lessons with the technology and the sets and the way they were all integrated and moved and changed it. It seamlessly, I think Broadway could take some notes yeah. from Disney Cruise Line. So that was something we were looking forward to. And, you know, you don't really know what that's going to be like until you get on the ship. Is it going to be one night? Is it going to be two nights? Is it going to be on the ship? You didn't really know what the shows were going to be until you got on there where there's no, you know, navigators in advance now, or maybe there will be going forward, but there just wasn't for this first cruise and didn't really know what to expect there. So I was going to ask you about that later, but I'm super bummed about the paper navigators going away. I, I feel like they were trying to get rid of them before the pandemic Mm -hmm. and, you know, this is just a, you know, kind of the final He's, nail in the coffin. And yeah, I, I, who knows if we'll see those again, but it's, it's kind of a I, bummer because they're a fun collectible. 
I agree. And I think it's difficult for certain generations to not have that piece of paper. Mm. It's hard for me uh, when you have grandparents that maybe you're taking their grandchildren without the, the kids there. And uh, maybe the grandchildren are not technology savvy just yet. And so you kind of have a, a gap there. And so I felt like the paper navigators were safe for them, sure, yeah. gave them security in what yeah. they were doing. Um, and the fact that they're gone altogether and that can't even be requested, uh, is, it's a little bit disheartening for them because I think they're going to struggle, um, for us and Disney world and Disney, you know, just everything is now app driven. So right. we're, we're pretty comfortable with it. And, um, for them though, I think it's going to be a struggle and, and everywhere that you go, obviously now is doing menus on QR codes and things like that. And that's all fine. But almost every place I have been had a backup paper option yeah. for someone didn't have a smartphone or Wi-Fi wasn't working or their battery or whatever the case may be. And that was not the case. With the navigator, yeah. No, no navigators, no paper menus, nothing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, no paper menus in the restaurants. I, I thought no. I read or heard from someone saying that you could request one if, you know, if, you know, if you couldn't get the app to work or you just wanted a paper, a paper uh, menu. I did ask for one one night and they didn't have one. Oh, okay. So I asked again and it could have just been, sure. and it may have been the very first night. So they're maybe still getting organized in, in that department. So, um, but it was never offered for sure. And the one night I did ask, it was not available. So hopefully that will be, yeah. you know, going forward. Cause what if somebody forgot their phone or some people don't right. like to bring their phone to dinner. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, yep. that I can understand why paper would make sense as a backup there. Yeah. So, um, you know, with the, with the relaunch and, you know, they've been working on it all throughout, uh, the shutdown, but the, the online check-in process, uh, was completely revamped from what it was before, you know, they, they, they completely changed the, the layout of the, um, mm -hmm. of the web pages and everything like that. So what was your experience with the check-in? Did you find it? challenging or difficult or confusing and and you know layer that on with kind of the the safe passage requirements sure. yep. as well um what was your experience with the online check-in so parts of the online check-in were easier i felt like the steps were easier and i don't know for people that have done it before i used to get always hung up on the kids club check-in there were boxes that if you didn't just select perfectly or if you didn't you had to check this one to be able to do this box below it that could be confusing so a lot of that was cleaned up um, cause I did explore some of that while I was doing the yeah. online check. Um, but I, um, I felt like parts were easier, but then there were parts that were challenging. The one that was the most challenging for me and was uploading the picture. Mm. Um, lots of other cruise lines have done that for years and Disney's just kind of now getting on board with that. I think that's great. And that just speeds up the portal. Yeah, right. Um, but just not knowing if your picture is going to be approved, for example, uh, mine was declined 24 hours before. Oh, wow. My husband, yeah, my husband's was approved. And so once mine was declined, I had only so long to go back in. It may have been a little bit more than 24 hours, but not much by the time I saw the email. I had to go back in and re-upload a picture. Well, when I did that, it kicked out my port arrival time. Oh, no. So it's basically like starting that process over again. So what I did... I'm not sure if that's what I was supposed to do or not, but um, I actually just went back and printed my previous port arrival time with the QR code. And, and cause you know, I don't think it says anywhere except in that top corner box, right, right. whether I should have done that or not, but it sh the system shouldn't have defaulted either. Yeah, so exactly. um, 
there was a little bit of confusion for, we said concierge, and we do that a lot. And there was a little bit of confusion because in the past, concierge clients have never had to have a port arrival time. Right. Along with people taking Disney transfers, the Magical Express have never had to have a port arrival time. So when I called into concierge, they said, no, you don't have to have one. And I said, well, oh, really? Yes, that's what I was told. Yeah. I said, well, I called two times, spoke with concierge, and then called directly to DCL and asked them. And I was told the same thing. You don't have to have one. And they said, basically, you've got like a double whammy. You're doing the transportation and you're a concierge client. You don't have to have it. I was like, okay. So, uh, yeah. So, ended up, we ended up changing staterooms to a different category um, in concierge. And when we did that, again, kicked out your online check-in, had to go back, wanted you to do the port arrival time. So, this time, when I printed out my form, the port arrival time was gone. (laughs) So, there was, um, my point to this is, it's kind of glitchy. Sure. Um, I'm sure it's all going to get worked out. As we go along, I didn't find it to be challenging. Just there were some things that we had to go back and redo a couple of different times to get it all complete. And the issue I have with the pictures, they are manually verifying all of those pictures. It's not an automated process. Like there's computer facial recognition or anything. It's all done by hand. So they're not getting verified until 24 to 48 hours before, which is great. But what if you're at the parks? Right. No, you're right. Do Do you know why yours got rejected? Um, because my background was like a pale yellow. Oh, and they okay. So it, they're basically looking for like a, a passport picture. Correct. But okay. you cannot use your passport picture. That was specific. One of the specifics, you cannot use your passport or your driver's license picture. You have to use a separate picture, wow. which I found to be odd. Cause I thought, well, I'll just take a picture of my passport yeah, picture, right. but that was not okay. an acceptable. And I just don't take apparently a lot of selfies or, you know, head on <laughs> right, with nobody right. else in them without family. So, I have to put that on my tip sheets for my clients to go ahead and prepare the next time you're ready, you know, to take a picture of everybody in your family with a white background, gotcha. just, just them. So yep. okay. that's one tip I will say is to go ahead and have that ready because you cannot select a port arrival time until you upload a photo. Yep. Um, so I found that to be the biggest challenge with the online check-in safe passage was super easy for me, but again, your either your negative test or your, um, vaccine card, whichever that you guys, whoever use your PCR results, they're not being verified again until a few days prior from what I've seen. And all that is fine. All that's fine, except for you put people in a time crunch because uh, DCL says they want that safe passage test or vaccine card done 24 hours prior. Well, safe passage says they want it done two days prior to be able to verify. So there's a little bit of uh, over there okay. and um, inconsistency. I'm not really sure. I don't think there would be any problem if it wasn't approved and you just got to the port and showed them the paper backup. I sure. think that would be fine. Yeah. Um, but for people that want to be sure, like myself, I wanted to see those green check marks. <laughs> right. And yeah, exactly. It was worrying me. It was really worrying me because I couldn't make it go green. I thought, what can I do to fix this? Yeah. And there really is nothing. It's just a manual process. But again, I think the more cruises come online, the faster that process will be. Yeah. I think it was yeah. the, the first the, running. Yeah. We'll definitely streamline it. Uh, I like mm, to think. I for think sure. so. Um, yeah, how did you? So you you took the 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 Disney Cruise transfers. You said right. We did. Mm-hmm. We did. So did you get any sense from? You know, if you weren't staying concierge, how do you select a port arrival time if you you know are basically subject to the Disney Cruise buses? You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. So that was the question I had. We actually stayed at the Hyatt as well. Okay. Um, 
outside the airport. So now after the first cruise, the Hyatt has got like a partner relationship with Disney Cruise Line and they're actually taking your bags, expediting you, walking you down personally to the bus and putting you on the bus. They did not do that on the first cruise out, but they are doing that now. Um, so that was one question I asked management at the concert. Concierge is supposed to have a separate check-in. They hadn't gotten all that set up yet. But outside of that, I said, well, how do you guys know? Are you telling me by, you know, based on my port arrival time, which bus I need to get on, bus one, two, three, four, whatever number? And they said, no, it's just based on how you check in here. So, um, again, I think there's just a little bit of overlap yeah. as to which process is correct. Um, it seems like they should clean that up, but I I feel like they're defaulting back to if you have Magical Express, you don't have a port arrival yeah, time. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it sort of seems difficult to be able to select a port arrival time if you're you know you don't have any control over that transportation Correct. and Correct. you know if you if your flight gets delayed or um yeah. you know something happens and 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 you you miss your or or your your port you get in early maybe and your port arrival time is not till mm -hmm. later the bus isn't gonna mm -hmm. wait for you you know they're gonna bring <laughs> you to the port so you know that 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 always that was something that was has been unclear to me and sounds like it's still really, you know, not crystal clear still. So what I would say to anybody that's looking, I would select the port earliest port arrival exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, the issues that I saw were people that were arriving too early and yeah. turning by anybody because they missed their port arrival time. So to me, it would be the safest thing to do would be to pick the earliest one and then explain delays that you have that sure. are out of control. Makes that's sense, what yeah. I've advised all my clients to do and what I'm going to do on my future cruises yep. is just pick the earliest one. Um, I will say that they never ask us for a port arrival time. Oh, yeah. Not once asked us what our port arrival yeah, time okay. was. So you did all your check-ins beforehand. So what did you have to do at the port before you got on the ship? Okay. So in the terminal. Yeah, once you get off the Magical Express, you know, you're sorted into vaccinated, unvaccinated, needing testing, not right. needing testing. Yep. So there's two, two definite lines. And um, once you're cleared and you get all the greens and everything to go up, the port arrival was super easy. It, I mean, it took seconds where it used to take 10, 15 minutes. It took no time whatsoever. The picture's already there. They verify your passport. They verify your picture. They check your QR code and you're off. And so where we were concierge, we got to go ahead and board. So... Um, that's a that's actually the easiest process of everything is just actually going through the terminal. That was the easiest part of the whole process. Yeah. So you have gone through kind of the painful part of, you know, of getting on a cruise. You did the check-in, the plane, the, the magical express. You've, you're, you're walking across the gangway into the, you know, into the, the, the lobby atrium and they announce your name. What? So what were you feeling when, you know, when you got on the ship and they, you know, they introduced you to the, the Disney dream? So I cried. Um, <laughs> and, and I will say, my husband looked at me and he was like, what's wrong with you? You're a crier. And I was like, I know, I know I'm not a crier. But I just had forgotten how much I enjoyed it, how much I missed the interaction with the cast, how magical it really is magical. And just walking that, that awe moment when you walk into the lobby and the chandeliers there, and then to take that a notch further and Mickey and Minnie are on the grand staircase greeting, you literally waving at you, blowing you kisses just right there. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. And like, he's giving me chill bumps just talking about it now. But, um, <laughs> that's what, I, 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 it's hard to explain, but I cried and I'm not a crier at all. Like wow. never cry. Yeah. That's even to the point where my husband's like, what is wrong? <laughs> that's just not me. Um, so that was that's how I felt, and he was just like, "I'm just glad to be back." <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. 
<laughs> That's awesome. I, I I mean I can imagine it's a very emotional experience. I, I'm I I'm certainly not a crier, but I can I can I can sort of anticipate how I'm gonna be feeling or how I would feel in that moment. And um yeah, I, I think it would just be emotional. So um I can totally understand that. What were your thoughts on the kind of the the I don't even know if there was a name for it, the the greeting party where you know Mickey and Minnie were there uh, yeah. they do a dance and they you, they yeah. kind of have you stand on different circles. What were your thoughts on that versus kind of the traditional sail away party? Sail away party. I love the sail away party. I love the music and everything. Um, so I did, I did miss that, but I liked the more intimate welcome on board. That was more personal with mm. Mickey and me and the cast as well. So what they do is, um, they wait until there's like five families and there's five dots, kind of like Disney world set up dots. You know, if anybody yeah. went to Disney world, or they had dots kind of for parties to stand on the ground. And so they kind of did those in a big circle around me and Mickey and Minnie on the grand staircase. And they, you know, waited till all five people were there. And then they did their kind of song and dance with all the cast members and everything. I liked it. I actually prefer that over the sailing away party, not as a replacement, but just because it really is just one more welcome aboard. We're glad you're here. Thank you for coming, you know, and it just gets everybody excited um, versus not everybody goes to the sail away party, you know, up top. So if you don't experience that, then you know, you, you may miss some of that personal connection to kind of get you started. So sure. I prefer that. I don't know what it's called. I call it welcome aboard show. Well, That's what know. I've been calling it too. Yeah. <laughs> <It's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I like that. It was more personal. Cool. So your first day was a day at sea, correct? Mm-hmm. What, um, how did you, how did you spend your day? What, what kinds of things do you like to do on those sea days? So our favorite is Palo Brunch. So that was our must-do. My husband is not going on a Disney cruise without doing a Palo Brunch. Um, so we did Palo Brunch, which was fantastic, and just every bit as good as it's always been. A little bit different, but every bit as good. Um, we I had a massage. We went and did a rainforest room pass. For, oh, uh, nice. You know, that sounds like um, a really cool experience because it's so private right now. Is it's so private. Um, I, we have done it before, but this is obviously different. Having the whole rainforest yeah, range yourself. That's really cool. What's surreal? I mean, it was just we were sitting there in the hot tubs, looking out over the ocean, and just nobody else in there. And I thought, this is this wow. I couldn't even describe it. You yeah. know. Um. So we did that. We spent some time in the adult pool and the adult areas that we normally don't get to do because we have kids with us. Um. We did some trivia. My husband likes to play bingo, so we played bingo nice. as usual. Yep. And just, of course, had a, just a very relaxing, chill day, which was great for us because I um, don't know that we always do that on the ship. So it, yeah. was, it was nice to be able to do that. Cool. Did you, um, uh, did you spend any time on the pool deck at all? Kind of, I guess... On the family pool deck? Yeah, in, in the, or yeah. in that area. I, I'm just kind of curious about what you know, really like what people are allowed to do in that area, mm-hmm. you know, uh, can you kind of just, if, if you want to sit by the pool, can you do that? Are there restrictions yeah. about who can be there? And no, absolutely. So all the chairs are socially distant. So okay. everyone has the option of where they want to sit. They just ask you not to move the chairs. And, um, 
they they weren't limiting pool time. I've seen some reports that they may limit pool time. We did not experience that. Oh, um, they okay. were letting people stay as much as they wanted, but it also could have been because our cruise was very empty. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if that would be the more family cruises there are, if that would be the case. I'm not sure, but that was definitely not the case on our cruise. Oh, okay. Um, people were allowed to hang out as long as you weren't moving the chairs and you were staying in the designated chairs and you weren't just making your own place to sit. They were, everybody could be on board. I did find that they didn't have as many movies on the funnel vision, um, Mm. as they normally do. And I'm sure that again was to discourage people from just hanging out there all day long, probably. Um, they didn't have, I would say normally there's never not a movie on there normal on a normal cruise. And I would say on this cruise, it was more, I don't want to say it was probably four to five movies a day versus, you know, 30 or 40 a day. I don't know how many, but it was a lot, it was a lot less. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. What, what did it feel like around the ship with so few people on board? Like I can't, I, I was seeing pictures and videos of people just, you know, showing areas where there just was nobody else around. I, I can't imagine being on, you know, a Disney cruise ship with, you know, with it being that empty. What did it, you know, what did it feel like with uh, with such low capacity? So when we got on there, we always go to the top deck and just, you know, kind of survey everything and see what's going on. And it was eerie. I told my husband, I said, this is, it's, it's eerie. That's the best way I can describe it. It was a little bit unnerving even to see. Normally when we go up to the top deck, it's so full. Right. Everybody's full and all the chairs are taken and, you know, people are all hanging out on the balconies, just looking at everything. And there was not a single person up there, not one. And so I was, uh, I was a little taken aback by that, but once we got sailing and we saw more people, you know, moving around and things like that, it, it got more normal. And actually then by the time we were towards the end of the cruise, I thought, gosh, I'll never be able to sail with 4,000 people again after this because, you know, <laughs> right. there's no wait for anything. And one of the th- concerns that I had, um, you know, going into this was I knew the elevator capacities were going to be limited to yeah. one to two people per elevator. And I can see why they're not going to be able to do more than probably 2,000, 1,700, 2,000 people on the cruise with the way they're doing that because there were no weights for the elevator. But you can imagine, think about after shows and things like that, how crowded those get. And if you're only allowing one person or two individuals on there, that's almost impossible. There's just not enough elevators to go around. So. Um, it, it was eerie, but then at the same time, once we got to the end of the cruise, I was like, oh, I love this. You can get used to <laughs> it. <laughs> I love, love the, the yeah. lack of people. Not that they ever felt crowded to yeah. me because they didn't, yes. but I just guess I never really realized how crowded they were until this cruise. Gotcha. Um, you mentioned the Beauty and the Beast stage show. Was, mm-hmm. was that the only one that played or were there others offered on your cruise? So uh, Beauty and the Beast was there, and so was Believe was okay. on the ship. And they were both shown on two different nights. Um, the theater was socially distant, so I'll say no, there was no Golden Mickeys, which I was very disappointed about because I love the Golden Mickeys. Um, I love that show. I actually probably like it better than Believe. but um, I do too. I, yeah, I, I share that, uh, that opinion with you. My I love husband the golden said Mickey's. Only so many times he can hear uh, what makes the garden grow. Before <laughs> right. he's, he's <laughs> it's always stuck in my head for like a month after I get home. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so we uh, there was like I said, two different uh, times, uh, two different nights, so that they could have social distancing and everybody would get the opportunity. But from my experience and kind of what my husband and I talked about was that they should have, they would have been able to only show it 
one night per show and or one night um, for each one and still had plenty of social distancing space mm. because they just weren't near that full. So I felt like there was still room for that Golden Mickey show in there um, and then show Beating the Beast twice on the four night. But that strictly is just my opinion. I did put that on the comment card because yeah. as much as I think people have missed the entertainment and the shows, they wanted it back. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the things that I'm most looking forward to as well. Yes. Um, so the, you know, the entire fleet spent a lot of time, uh, dormant obviously, and, and, you know, spent some time over in Europe, uh, in what we assumed was dry dock. Did you happen to notice anything different about the ships? Like physically, I, you know, they never really said that they were making changes or anything like that, but I was curious if you, you know, if they, if they change anything noticeable. No, the only noticeable change that we saw was in the Enchanted Garden, the restaurant Enchanted Garden. I don't know uh, how many of you guys have ever noticed or paid attention, but those tulip-looking chairs, the booths that were kind of lined that main yeah. hallway, yep. the fountain, they took those out. Oh, okay. And I just thought it was because of social distancing, just to, because they social distance all the tables. But in reality, they've added a Mickey and Minnie show and friends to Enchanted Garden. So now when you're in Enchanted Garden, Mickey and Minnie come through and do like a song oh, and dance. Okay. So they were looking to add some entertainment because they just said the Dream is the only ship that doesn't have any live entertainment right. in their dining rooms. So this was kind of a bridge um you know, for some of the other ships, kind of a bridge towards that. And so that was the only physical thing that I noticed being different other than of course, all the hand washing stations sure. and okay. those kind of things, but nothing else that we noticed. Um, no changes as far as decor or any of that whatsoever. Okay. Um, one of the things that I was actually excited about, but it's, you know, I've, my expectations have been lowered a little bit after reading reviews and, you know, and seeing people talk about it was the, the new Disney ever after fireworks show. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> so what, what were your thoughts on the new fireworks show? Um, I heard it was like three minutes long. If that, Oh yeah, my goodness. If yeah. If that. So I love pirate nights. Yeah. Okay. Not necessarily. I've heard your, some of your podcasts. You don't love the show. <laughs> yeah, right. So, and that's fine, but at least it had a theme. Exactly. True. It had, it had a theme. It had a central theme. So I did like I did off, like the Pirates of the Caribbean music to the yes, fireworks. I yes, I really yes. liked that. Yeah. Yeah, and it made sense. You know, they would blast off, yep. and it sounded like you had like a cannon fight and things like that. So at least the timing and the music and everything gave it a theme. Right. There was literally nothing. You know, just basically all that was done was they slapped up that Ever After Mickey head and fireworks on the Funnel Vision, oh, and that was it. Wow. And yeah. So that was the biggest disappointment of the entire cruise. Essentially, to me, what it looked like is they are allotted X amount of fireworks. And so <laughs> one cruise, and they divided them in half and said, this is what we're going to do. Oh my and so they did it. <laughs> oh, that's a so, huge disappointment. Because when I saw, when I was reading about I mean, they make it sound really good. You know, Disney... Mm -hmm. Classic mm -hmm. Disney music set to fireworks. You're like, oh, I, you know, that sounds like something I'd be that interested in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it sounds like it was it was on two different nights, and were you assigned a yeah. a, a viewing? So it's on two different nights, and it's based on your dining rotation. Okay. However, I will say that there is no one up on the upper deck asking you. That's what I was going to ask. Okay. So if you wanted to watch it twice, yeah. not advocating because I don't want Disney to get mad. I'm just saying there was nobody to verify that. And as a matter of fact, there were plenty of spots if you wanted to watch it twice because they have those dots on the ground again for each party. Yep. 
And so when you go up on the deck, they kind of tell you there's open spots over here, over here, and you just pick one. But as far as them knowing which dining rotation I was on, they they didn't know. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and also, I will say for concierge guests, they take you over for private viewing. Oh, all right. Well, that's yeah. nice. So they yeah. have a have a separate viewing for concierge guests. We didn't do it because it wasn't our di- our night. Okay. And we had already planned like a palo dinner, so it kind of conflicted. So we actually didn't use that concierge yeah. private viewing. But um, I would say. Out of everything on the cruise, I know we're not done, but out of everything on the cruise, that was the most disappointing part. I love the fireworks at sea. I think that differentiates them so much from other cruise lines and the pirate theming. And, you know, I told my husband, if I hadn't known that it was pirate night, I wouldn't have known it was pirate night. There was nothing on the ship that told me it was pirate night. Oh, so it still was technically pirate night? Correct. They still put the in there in our rooms, but... I wouldn't have known. And I did see some like pirate life for me and D lounge and things like that, but it wasn't over the top. Like I normally would have known. For yeah, sure. That sure. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's, in- uh, that's interesting why they, you know, kept pirate night, but took away, you know, the, the fireworks theming, um, especially if they were going to kind of, you know, not put a lot of effort into it. That's really disappointing. I was, I was hoping that, you know, it was, it wasn't as bad as people were saying it was, but yeah, uh, yeah. I just, that's, that's really, cause like you said, I, fireworks at sea are something I love about Disney cruise line. Like you said, something I think that distinguishes them. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a big, I wouldn't say it's a selling point, it's, but it's something that I like to, you know, just talk about and, and say it's really cool. So uh, that's, that's, yeah. that's too bad. It is. And I think there's room for improvement. I think with enough feedback from guests, I think they'll make changes and just, you know, maybe they're only allowed to load so many fireworks for a cruise for it, for fire regulations. I'm sure it's probably something to do with that. But for me, you know, it would be better to not have it at all. Almost. I hate to say that, but, but you know, it then to expect something and then under deliver it. So um, it it was just not, and even to say Disney classic tunes, it was only, like I said, two, two and a half minutes long. So it's really not even the whole song. Oh, wow. To to say it was Disney tunes, you didn't even get the whole song. See, I, man, shame on me. I was picturing like happily ever after at sea, you know, (laughs) I had these really high expectations, but. um, I I wanted to love it and I wanted to be glad it was back, but. That's probably the most disappointing okay. thing on the whole ship. All right. Well, I guess we'll move, <laughs> we'll move on from that. Um, I want to just talk quickly about the virtual queue to get off the ship yes. at Casawiki. Um, You know, I, I, I've learned from, um, from Megan, who I had on our last show, kind of how it works. But one of the things yeah. that I'm still curious about is, you know, I'm one, you know, my family is the type that wants to get up and get off as early as possible so we can possible. spend as much time on the island as we can, um, you know, let's say everybody on the ship had that same mentality. Mm-hmm. Do you think, do you think you could get, you know, you could be denied time on the Island because you end up getting, you know, a late time uh, to get off the ship or, or did it not really work like that? Like if you it didn't really work that way, okay. yeah, I didn't really we actually prefer this. We're that same family. We want to be the first ones on. We want to get our hammocks, which are not there, by the way. But we wanted no. to get our hammocks, you know, first and all of that. So normally, if anybody that's been on a Disney cruise, there are hundreds of people in the stairwells waiting to, yeah. to debark. 
And I hate that. I hate it. It's crowded. It's clustered. I hate it. So this was actually better. I got on the app at 730, which was what the require an hour before um, the all ashore is when the app opens up. And every day it had a reminder, get on the app tomorrow at 730. It was at the very top screen of the Navigator app. And so 730, I clicked it. And as Disney technology does, sometimes it says, you know, <laughs> You're, you know, can't complete your request or something to that nature. I tried it two or three more times and eventually it went through and we were in group 50 and I was not happy because I thought group 50, that's right. really far away. But my estimated, um, debark time was 840 to 850 yeah. or 835, 835 to 850. And I was like, well, that's not terrible. Um, and so you know, once they actually gave the all ashore on uh, on the loudspeaker, you can actually see on your app, it counts down the groups in front of you. Oh, okay. So you know, and it gives you an updated estimated time. So any, even with group 50, we were allowed to go off at 840. Okay. So, so 10, 10 minutes after the all ashore. All right. Uh, so the second day we tested it and I said, I'm not going to get a group. And I'm just curious to see when the all ashore for everybody and when they'll stop using the virtual queue. And um, they stopped using the virtual queue by 9 o'clock. So oh, wow. Okay. So you don't miss much time at all, really. Right. Now, okay. that was on the second day sure. of, of the double dip. So that may not be the case on the first day or if that's your only visit to Castaway. But on double dips, that for sure, Got I would it. still anticipate within an hour the traffic being down enough that you don't need that virtual queue. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So... Um, Castaway Key is one of my, probably, probably in my top three favorite places in the entire world. I absolutely love it. I have missed it so much, uh, during, you know, during the shutdown. So what was it like visiting? I'm sure you feel similarly. What was it like being able to visit Castaway Key again? It was, it was just paradise. Like it always is, except better because there was even less people. So, So just paradise, calm, tranquil, just it's just so relaxing to just go sit and just listen to the waves and you know they've always got good vibe music in the background and just it was just relaxing that was the best thing I can say it's just just so calm and Mm. peaceful and serene I love it of course we spent a lot of time at Serenity Bay this time and um it was just super nice again the only thing that was missing was the hammocks (laughs) (laughs) and so I asked the cast members I was like what happened to the hammocks they said we can't sanitize those as easily breaks down the the fibers in the in the um, hammocks so um that is one thing that I missed and I hope they bring it back if they can find a way to clean those they do still have them in the cabanas so I have hope that they'll come back and they um for the regular day guests as well yeah so you got to visit twice. Did you, you know, did you do the same thing on both days or did you have different plans for different days? How did you spend kind of your days on Castaway Key? So we didn't really have a specific plan. We just kind of wanted to play it by ear. Sometimes um, when we like have a double dip or things like that, we'll go back a little bit earlier and ride the aqueduct while it's not crowded. This time it was never crowded to ride the aqueduct. There was never a wait, so which is a great plus for people with kids because they can just ride it on repeat. Yeah. Um, but. Um, we just kind of played it by ear and just kind of went back and forth and, um, had lunch and then went back and then came back on the second day. However, it did rain for most of the afternoon after lunch. The first day was perfect. The second day was perfect till about lunchtime. So after lunch, we went back and they added a lot of activities on the ship just because Mm. of the rain. Almost people having to come inside because it was pretty heavy rain with some lightning and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. How how did they handle the buffet uh, at Cookies? Was it the same as like Cabana's on the ship? Yes. 
So it's the same. So they have glass in front of all the options so you can see or plexiglass, whichever. Um, and they have it labeled so you can see. And then you have a cast member there who you tell them what you want. They fix your plate and pass it to the next person over at the next station. So cookies works just like cabanas. Um, the only thing I will say about cabanas, and you may have already heard this, is just that there are not near as many stations. Yeah. You know, there's like one station repeated 10 times. Oh, you know? okay, so yep. Yeah, it's, it's the same food at every station, whereas before Cabanas would be like the whole half of the restaurant would be different and then the other half would be the same, you know. So um, that part was different, but it, I actually prefer that. I'm not a big buffet person, and just because I don't like people touching and hovering and whatnot, so I actually work better for me personally. I like I prefer this this style. Sure, yeah. And for just the the lines at cookie at, you know at cookies and cookies too did they have markers where you stand on or did they just ask you to kind of keep distance between the the parties in front of you yep. so they had a cast member there and they had markers on the ground at the regular cookies and cookies too they had markings that said just like the ones at disney world for anybody that's been they had the long ones that said you know like six feet and so you knew where to stand at serenity bay there's no markers because it's sand the bottom of it's the floor is sand so they just have an attendant standing there kind of spacing you apart but Again, with the limited capacity, there's really no weight at all. Okay. Was this a, your first uh, Castaway Key double dip, or had you done one before? We had done a double dip before. Oh, okay. um, yeah, we did that in 2019, I think it was. <laughs> okay. I I mean, I'm dying to get on one of these early cruises, especially because the you know they are Castaway Key double dips. And, and right. like you said earlier – the fact that there are so few people on the island, um, I just I just imagine it's a, a really fun kind of intimate experience with with exactly. Castaway Key, and that just yes. seems yes. like it just seems so appealing to me and something that I, I you know would really like to do. I think you said the key word there about the whole cruise is intimate. That's yeah. one thing I kept saying the whole time. The whole experience with the cast, with the the ship, with everything that you do, the island, everything seems more intimate. And I think for most people, you know, that's what we love about Disney Cruise Line is that it already feels intimate because they they connect with you on a different level yeah. than a lot of other cruise lines do. And so this is just a whole other step forward. So for anybody out there that is considering it and thinking, I'm not sure if it's a good experience, I'm yeah. not sure it's worth all the pre-arrival things that you have to go through. If you love the service and if you love the, how intimate the casts are with you and you are with the ship and the connection you make, it's 100% worth it. And I would say this is not going to last and you're not going to get this opportunity for exactly, long. Exactly. Yep. Take advantage of it if you can. Yep, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I've been um, saying to my wife, you know, trying to, trying to convince her, um, you know, to, to figure out a way to do this is just that we may not have this, this type of intimate experience again. Um, and so, you know, really, really want to try to make an effort to do that. But that, that leads me to a question that, um, I actually didn't send you before, but one I was just thinking of, um, I, I've seen a lot of pictures of, of character interactions and stuff. And a lot of the times, you know, I know you can't get right next to them or whatever, take pictures, but you know, they'll have, they'll be roped off. And so it almost feels like you, you miss that kind of intimate experience. Whereas you used to be able to get up and hug them and, you know, give them high fives or whatever. Does it feel like, you know, the characters are very distant from you or because, you know, it's just everything's so magical. It still feels, you know, 
feel like that to me. Okay. And maybe maybe I'm a little bit desensitized just because I've been going to World and stuff sure, a lot sure. since they opened back. So that's kind of just the new world we're in. But I didn't feel like that. I actually felt like the lack of there's no lines to see these characters. And they're kind of a little bit more in unusual spots than they normally are. And they're a little more spontaneous meet and greets, I feel like. So for me, it was not... Um, my kid, especially if she was with me, she's never been a hugger. So that was never, she really sure, just wanted okay. to talk to him and kind of interact with him that way. So for me, I don't think it was less magical or anything. I actually felt like it was better because they did stand there and they would make jokes and, you know, make heart signs and, you know, just do different things. And when you did selfies with them, um, cause that's, you know, most, what most people were doing for pictures, they would do selfies and, you know, they were acting crazy and, and being silly and fun with the kids when they were doing that kind of thing. So I didn't feel like that at all. The only thing that I would say about the character meet and greets that was a little bit different, not necessarily better or worse, just different, is there were hardly any scheduled. They were all almost unscheduled Got and it. spontaneous, okay. which is which I like. Again, I like that better yeah. um, because. There's no lines and people aren't waiting forever to see someone. But if you have a kid that is just dying to see one specific person, sure. it makes it hard to kind of plan your time around seeing that one specific person. Um, so, but I'm sure if you asked the cast member and just said, listen, my kid's favorite is Belle and we have to see her, um, that you could make that work yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Makes sense. So I, this has been really a, a really great conversation, ton of information and I really appreciate it. And I, I don't want to keep you too long. So I'll, I'll just, I'll end with this question. Yeah. Just what are your, what were your overall thoughts on, you know, your first Disney cruise and really the first Disney cruise in more than a year and a half? Was it, you know, yeah. was it still magical and, and, and amazing? Like, uh, you know, like we've come to expect. It was still magical and it was still, the service was always where it's been. It was fantastic, if not better than ever. Um, the ship was better than ever. I will say with all things that this is still a growing process. And I think that Disney is just going to continue to improve on the things that I've talked about that maybe weren't perfect. I think they're just going to keep you know, working those out and until it's perfect again. Um, but for me, it was absolutely magical to be back on board. It's absolutely worth going, even with the few things that you might feel like you might be missing out on or not like the change. It's absolutely worth going. And I expect the things that we've talked about that maybe weren't so great to be fixed just to get it right back to 100% where it was before. And like I said, there were aspects of it that I thought were more magical. So for me, 100% worth it. I have told everybody I've talked to, it's worth doing. Don't miss it because you'll never get this chance again awesome that's that's a very well said a great way to put it um so i appreciate that and uh do you have another one scheduled we do we're going on fall break first week of october so that's been long scheduled this one was kind of a i couldn't wait that long <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. that's kind of where i, I mean we have a uh, we, we've had november 5th scheduled for a long time um <laughs> and that's kind of our, our next one scheduled and i just i i'm feeling like i can't wait that long so yeah uh, well hopefully would, we'll get on soon i would say for you and for everybody listening to be looking for the fantasy yes. ridiculous seven to four night. Cause I've been talking it cause I have a lot of clients that affected and I've been talking with the cast and they feel like those prices are going to be super low oh, wow. because most of the people that are on seven nights want seven. They don't want four. They want seven. Yep. And from what I've heard, a lot of them are dropping. So okay. they expect those rates to be almost at pre, um, you know, when they're very first put out oh, that's uh, awesome. you know, I, a year and a half ago. So yeah. be looking for some really low fantasy cruises prices for this fall. So right. I, I would, I would be looking for those and they're double dips. Exactly. You know, so. And that, that's what I was just going to say, because I, we may not, you know, 
we may not get in on the dream doing double dips because mm-hmm. they're ending soon, but mm-hmm. maybe uh, maybe we'll get, be able to we'll get lucky and be able to get one of those fantasy yeah. ceilings. So, so definitely, everybody, keep yeah. an eye out for those. All right, sounds good. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for your time. This has been a, a, you know really fun conversation. I've I have learned a ton, so I uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and for all the information. Well, thank you so much for having me. Hopefully, we can do it again sometime. Absolutely, that'd be that'd be great. Thank you. Take care. Bye. As a reminder, you can connect with the show by following along on Twitter at the DCL Dude or by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash DCL Dude Podcast. Please feel free to ask a question, leave a comment, drop a note, or share the podcast with your followers. I'd also be very grateful if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave a review. Of course, if there's anything I could do to improve your listening experience, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.